I'm Karen. And I'm Angela. Welcome to the Within Creative Reason podcast. We break down what it means to be creative, from the process to the strategies and everything in between. We'll cover mindset, daily routines, and creative inspiration. So let's have some creative conversations. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Within Creative Reason podcast. I am your co-host, Karen Tomer, and with me is the lovely Angela Hockman. Angela, say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. This show is going to be awesome for like 5,000 reasons. It really <laughs> is. We are we are so excited to have Vernon Ross on the show with us tonight. Vernon is an author, a digital storyteller. He really focuses on podcasting. He has an amazing podcast. His areas of expertise are podcasting, content creation, the customer journey, sales training, and branding. This guy does it all, basically. In the podcast industry, Vernon speaks at industry events, he speaks at conferences, he's a session leader, he's an industry expert, he's a keynote, he does everything, talks about branding, podcasting, digital marketing, and sales training. Like I said, he does everything, he's a great creative mind, and Vernon, we're so excited to have you on with us tonight. Hey, I am excited to be here. That sounds like me. (laughs) All over all over the place. Absolutely. And if you're looking to find him, uh, I also want to get a quick shout out in for enterprisepodcaster.com. And you can also go to vernonross.com to check out his stuff. And so with that, Angela, let's kick off the interview. Okay, Vernon Ross, first of all, thanks for fitting us into your busy schedule. I appreciate the opportunity. (laughs) So, you are obviously a creative mind. Um, let's pick your brain for a minute. Where do you find inspiration, Vernon? You know, what's funny about that, uh, looking at inspiration, I have over the past probably t- two years started to find it and look for it in just about anything. So everything is, you know, what idea can I get from that? What can I learn from that? Especially from younger people. Um, because I think I've gotten in the habit as I've gotten older, it's like, oh, these kids don't know what they're talking about. And if you only realize what you had in front of you, you'd be doing so much more with it. And I think as adults, and especially when you have kids and they're getting older and all of that stuff, it's like you you tend to think with your mind <laughs> and <laughs> all of the maturity and experiences that you have without looking at things through new eyes. So I've been getting a lot of inspiration actually from teenagers, what they're doing, um, looking at some of the creative processes that are happening on some of the newer social networks, uh, like TikTok, stuff like that, where people are being creative, but they're really, really young, like, you know, some preteens and stuff like that, (laughs) understanding what they're doing and what they're focusing on, and then how I can flip that to what's happening currently and the stuff that I'm working on. Wow. Well said. And I have to say, I am pretty late catching on to anything that's cool. And I learned from a six-year-old what TikTok is. It is crazy. It's what, we've, what we're all doing growing up in our own mirrors, except exactly. now it's for the whole wide world. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden it's cool. I'm like, this is some BS because when I was doing stupid stuff in front of my mirror, I was just embarrassed when my mom called me. Well, not to be embarrassed now, it's the way of the world. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, you're just cool if you stand in front of your mirror and do silly stuff. And hey, that's <laughs> that's fine. I'm, hey. Cool. Whatever, so still do whatever that. works. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I got a, a lesson in TikTok this past weekend from my nephew, who is 12, and I was just thinking the whole time, oh, I am so glad this was not around when I was his age. That was really like what I was thinking about in my mind as he was showing me TikTok. And of course, my mom was like, do you even know what that is? And I'm like, Yes, mom, I work in marketing. I know what TikTok is. <laughs> I don't have it, but I know what it is. So it was kind of funny. But yeah, anyway, love yeah, that. My 17-year-old taught me. She goes, oh, you finally discovered TikTok. I'm like, I knew what it was. She's like, yeah, sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Vernon, what's your, talk to us a little bit about what your day-to-day -day looks like. Any routines that help you be more productive, creative, other than just, getting inspiration from from TikTok, if you will. Yeah, actually, so uh, on a daily basis, I get up at 5 a.m. Um, I spend about 10 minutes meditating. Um, then I run about maybe three miles, um, and I'm lying. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, super <laughs> impressed there. That was Take awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're like, no. I run four miles. <laughs> that's what I would that's what I would like to do and I said that in that way because I'm a podcaster and I had this guy named Hal Elrod on and he's very well known now uh, he has this thing called the Miracle Morning and he gets up at 5 a.m. and there's this whole backstory about him and all these accidents that he's had and stuff like that but it was really inspiring that all of this stuff that he was doing in the morning. And the one thing that I was able to pull away from that, even in my horrible attempts to do all of this early morning stuff, is, is that if you own your morning, you own your day, um, particularly if you own the first hour. So what I, what I do practice is the first hour when I get up, there's no phone, there's no digital anything. Um, wow. If if the TV is on, it's YouTube and it's on something inspirational, but not too in your face inspirational. It's either meditation music, something like that, but it's no electronics, no email or anything like that for the first hour, unless it's an absolute emergency. And it's got to be like a real emergency. Somebody's called me and said, check your email, not a notification on my phone. My phone actually stays face down until about eight o'clock. And then... I'll actually start looking at email, text messages, stuff like that. W what I got out of that is it basically, it does put me in control of my day and I will sit down and journal a little bit. I don't do that as regularly as I'd like to, but most mornings I've written something down. Um, one of the things I like to try to do is write down goals every day that I'm trying to get, because if you don't get after it, way, you have a tendency to, to get away from them. And that happens often. And uh, the other part of that is when you're trying to establish a really good morning routine, being kind enough to yourself to forgive yourself for not doing it and start over again the next day. I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that. I, the oh first man. thing I do is I look at my phone and I check my email to see if I've <laughs> missed anything from overnight. And it's a terrible way to start your day. I'm going to steal that, Vernon. That's awesome. I love that. Me yeah, I, too. You've missed something. <laughs> I guarantee you it's going to happen. But, you know, it's I've picked up some of the things from a lot of the successful people. And that's one thing that I consistently do is 
I, I, the phone is actually not next to the bed anymore. It's across the room so okay. that I, I can't look at it. And it's face down so that I don't see the screen going off. And I actually have it on Do Not Disturb from 11.30 p.m. until 8 o'clock a.m. So I can't get a call. If You have to call me twice in a row in order for the phone to actually ring. And then I'm, I'll look at it. And if I don't think it's important enough, if it's not the kids or the wife, it doesn't get answered. Wow. I love that. Oh, my gosh. You've got your priorities. You've got this killer morning routine. Gosh, it kind of reminds me of this book, The Artist's Way. Have you heard of that, Vernon? I have heard of that. I haven't read it yet, but it is on my list. Oh, it's wonderful. That It's written by Julia Cameron, and it's all about um, sort of awakening your creativity within. And she instills writing morning pages every day. You don't even think about it. You just crank out three pages. doesn't have to be legible. doesn't have to make sense. Just three pages of stuff. And you've kind of like let go of anything that you woke up with and cleared your day, and it you, you kind of do that. I love that. It's good stuff. Well, you're That's already awesome. doing it. Keep up the great routine. Gosh. <laughs> well, I didn't know anything about that. That's awesome. Yeah. So, Vernon, um, you are multifaceted, <laughs> and you've got a book out, Master Your Message. And I would love to know how your process sort of changes when you write a book, which is one platform, versus how you write maybe a blog or a social post or something like that. Is there a different process for it? I think there probably should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I tried to write, I, I tried to write that book for a while and just failed miserably at it. And finally, when I committed to it, I think things took over and put me in a position to have to write it. Um, I had no intentions actually on finishing the book. It was going to be an ebook, and I was just going to do it and just try to get it done. And I shared it with a friend who shared it with another friend who happened to know a publisher, who happened to know a guy that wrote for the publisher, who put me in contact with their acquisitions editor, who ended up calling me 48 hours after I connected with this guy and making me send her my unfinished manuscript. And that's how the book got published. Wow. Uh, yeah, they put three months on me. They were like, she's like, I really like this story. I like what you're talking about. Um, I need it by June. And I'm like, oh. Of this uh, year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, next year? I really, I, I wasn't really ready. She's like, well, you need to get it ready and you need to get the book finished. So um, we oh. want to publish it, but you got until this date and you got to get it in. So I, I got it in. And it, it was a struggle, but I did, I did a little bit of blog type writing, um, podcast type preparation. I tried mm-hmm. recording my voice in audio and then transcribing it. That was actually successful and just recording my thoughts and then putting them down. Um, and some of the stuff that I recorded, I didn't even use, but just talking it out and getting the creative process kind of going in my mind helped. And, um, I wrote best public just in coffee shops and with a lot of distractions going on. I could not write at home. I I wrote hardly any of the book at home. Wow. And Vernon, where can people find your book? Uh, Anywhere books are sold, actually. You can find it at Barnes & Noble, Books a Million. 
Uh, Amazon, of course. Uh, I've seen it on Amazon. Amazon. I've seen it displayed at the Midwest Digital Marketing Conference too. Yeah, they they were they were kind to me and bought <laughs> bought a bunch of copies. And um, the one thing I will say, hey, if you're if you're looking to write a book, be prepared to sell it. That's the that's the thing the book publisher does not tell you about. So you if you self publish, or if you're lucky enough and you have a publisher, you've got to be the one selling your book. And that's that's the thing that they really didn't go into, not at least not very well. But it's been a it's been a great thing for me, and it definitely helped my creative process with getting more disciplined and actually finishing something. And I love well, first of all, congratulations! You thought about writing a book, you didn't just do it, you you did it, and you're selling it, and it's a success. I love how you really focused on writing your book at a busy place where there were distractions because you just sort of had to get in your own little vacuum. And yeah. this is, you know, I've heard actors do that when they um, sometimes are memorizing lines. I'll go to a busy coffee shop and do it while there's so much going on around them. Right. Cause otherwise when I was at home, I always found something else to do like, Oh, there's some dust over there. Let me go get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you come it, to my house to burn it. <laughs> It needs to be gone. <laughs> I did more cleaning when I was at home trying to write than I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, big goodness. Yeah, I, I can totally relate to that. So I, for my, my day job, most of the time I work remote. And so it is, it was definitely a shift to say, okay, I'm at work now, even though I'm home. And so trying mm -hmm. to get myself in that mindset and that routine, because you're right, it is, you know, oh, I've got that, that pile of laundry that I need to go do, or I need to, you know, clean the kitchen up or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I've, I've kind of learned to, to work through that. And I, I listen to a lot of music and different things like that, just to kind of create those distractions at home that allow me to work. So I, I totally can, uh, can relate to that. That's awesome. Well, so I want to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, one of the things that I deal with a lot as, you know, working with a brand is, you know, you always have to stay on brand. You always need to be true to your tone, true to your message. Of course, sometimes that can be empowering and sometimes that can be limiting into mm -hmm. being creative. So how do you be creative while staying true to your, your tone, your message, uh, and your brand voice? Yeah, you know, I think that's a bit of a challenge um, to be just 100% honest, especially if you're doing something with someone else, uh, you know, producing a podcast. Because one of the things I've gotten into doing, and I've tried to avoid a little bit, at least from the production technical side, um, the production conceptual side is really more of what I work on, is not extending my brand voice too much into other people's brands. And I think sometimes, like, I stay true to what is it, what it is that I do. And I think like my interview style is very honest and I think it can, you can either like it or it can be off putting if you're very corporate. <laughs> and so I mm. found, I found myself in the situation where I don't have a, a real problem staying true to the, to the voice. What I do have a problem with focused on what that truth is. Um, because sometimes you can get really distracted with great ideas and not every idea needs to be done by you. And that's, that's something that I've just had to learningly 
relearn and focus on to get back more to the question is, is yeah, just focusing on what the message is and staying true to that because you'll, you'll hear a good idea for a podcast. Go, Oh my God, I gotta go. I got, I'd have 30 podcasts if I did that every time. And <laughs> it has almost happened more than once where I'm like, you know, I'm going to record another podcast just for that. And then it's like, hmm. No, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really want to do that past the episode that I thought was a great idea. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. It's, it's hard to do. Um, but I think if you, if you make sure that when you're pursuing an idea or when you're talking about something, especially if you're being interviewed on a podcast or if you're talking to someone else about podcasting, if you're in the position to talk to other podcasters about their shows and stuff like that or help a brand with their creative that you make sure that the things that are important to you are being expressed in whatever it is that you're doing and it makes it a little bit easier to stay on brand and stay on message wow well you're doing a fantastic job at that vernon i love it because you are one of the most authentic truthful people that i know and when i'm talking with you in real life at a coffee shop or on this podcast or i'm hearing you speak at a conference you're you everywhere you go. It's not like, oh, I got to turn this part on, you know? So I think you're doing right. a really good job at maintaining that authenticity when you're you're spread out a lot. You do a lot of creative endeavors. Well, thank you. And that's, you oh. know, it's conscious. <laughs> I try not to be somebody different when I go to different things because it's easy to do. Um, I used to try to do that a little bit early on, like, you know, 20 years ago. It's like, oh, you got to be on in this way when you're in this environment and on in this way in this environment. And it it just gets you too mixed up and nobody really knows who you are. It's just so much easier to be real, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it just just is. I'm just not smart enough to be so many different people in so many different places. So (laughs) it's like, you know, I'll just keep it simple and just be me. I dig it. I dig it. So, Vernon, another question. How do you balance progress versus perfection. You touched on it a little bit ago saying that you are forgiving yourself if you don't write in the morning, but how how would you answer that? I have failed at so many things that I learned to just ignore it. Ah. <laughs> so taking notes. I I was talking to a friend today uh, that got fired from a job. Oh no. And they don't they didn't understand why they got fired. And I'm like, well, it doesn't really matter. At this point, you're fired. So you can think or you can do something about it, which get up and start your next thing because Mm -hmm. you got to keep moving forward unless there's a way for you to figure out what happened and correct it. And it's probably not. And if you really think about it, and maybe it really wasn't a surprise that this happened, if you didn't really love what you did and they did, but it was, it wasn't really a surprise when they went back and looked at it. And I'm like, just get up and start doing something else. So <laughs> for me, progress is you just got to keep moving forward. Uh, Cause it's never going to be perfect at least the first time around, but it's better, especially with podcasts and podcasters. Mm-hmm. I'm like hit record and start talking. Cause you're just not going to get your show. Yeah. You're not going to get your show perfect until you start recording episodes and they'll get better as you go on but no matter what you do just start doing it and eventually you will get better at it um but practice honestly does make perfect and the more you do something 
at it. So I don't worry about it being perfect. I worry about it getting done. Ah, okay. Gosh, that is gold right there. So many people just, they don't want to put it out into the world unless it's perfect. And it's like, no, that's not human. <laughs> you know, put something, even right. a draft of something out there and just enjoy the evolution. Enjoy the, the creative, I guess, um, trying to think of the word I'm looking for as it goes through changes and becomes the best iteration of what you want it to be. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll borrow from, from Gary V. Um, put some practicality behind the advice. So pitching is something that a lot of podcasters do, but it's also something a lot of guests do. So now a thing is, you know, you're um, a pitch scent is an opportunity that, happen but a pitch that you're working on is it's a, you're the only one that's seeing what you're working on the the person that at the other end the, the email that you have that you need to send the submission link that you haven't pressed submit on the speaker application you haven't filled out that you've been thinking about and trying to come up with your subject fill out the form send it in send the pitch email press send the the scent pitch is the one that's going to get the attention, not the one that's in your mind and on your computer. So you actually have to do the work towards what it is that you want because it will never be perfect. I, I'm going to just put that, I'm going to cut that segment out and I'm going to put that on repeat every day because that is something that I struggle <laughs> with so much in that the, the whole progress versus perfection thing because I want things to be perfect. I'm very much a perfectionist, which is just not practical. Uh, and and you, so, so you just have to do that. And so I thank you, Vernon, for that. I'm going to just listen to that every day when I'm worried about stuff because at the end, it doesn't matter. Progress is better and you have to move things forward. So I absolutely love that. Yeah, there was a, it was funny. There was something I said, either I was being interviewed on a podcast. As a matter of fact, I was. It was Patrice Washington. She has a show called Redefining Wealth. Uh, it's one of the most proud of. Uh, we took it from like nothing to a million plus downloads. But she was interviewing me on, I think, show 50 or something like that. And we talked about something similar. And I just, I remembered it because it was actually, it was, I said it, but it was really good. I was like, you're messy is probably better than most because most people haven't started yet. I needed Ooh. that. I love that. That is gold. <laughs> the moral so is like, we're all going to be yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Put it out there. Out there is better than not out there. Absolutely. Well, Vernon, what are some of your, your favorite tools that you use in your day-to-day? -day? Give us some, some good tips here. What do you like to, to use to help you be productive? So one of my favorite, favorite, favorite tools, and people are starting to just discover it. I was at NAB conference um, and a podcast movement following NAB conference two years ago. And the, the creator of otter.ai was at the conference and he was just handing out business cards. He's like, you need to try this out. This is a app and it's a, a voice to text app and it's better than anybody else's that's out there. And I'm just trying to get people to download it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I downloaded it. And it, it is actually one of the best transcription note-taking things that I have. It syncs automatically to the cloud. You can wow. uh, an episode to it. It tells which speaker. And if you put names on the speakers, it will go through and automatically separate out the different voices. 
it breaks things into paragraphs. It timestamps things. I, I love it. It's one of the best tools that I use for note taking an idea, um, generating or not generating, but recording anything that I want to do. I will turn on Otter AI and just let it go and record meetings, phone calls, stuff like that. Um, podcast episodes. I'll upload a, a show WAV file. And I'll get an email from otter.ai saying, hey, your transcription is ready. And you get 600 minutes per month for free. I love yeah. Otter. Otter is amazing. It's one of those tools that I wish I would have had that when I was running Techly. Because I can't tell you how many hours I would interview startup entrepreneurs and then I'd have to go submit my story, get it all published. And I'm spending hours transcribing these interviews and then, you know, a couple yeah. hours to write it. And oh, I love Otter. I wish I would have had it back in Techly. But I have it now and it's very useful. I definitely concur with Vernon on that. Yeah, it's a great tool. Vernon, I wanted to ask you, as a podcaster, when mm -hmm. you are listening to podcasts, are you able to just sort of unplug and digest the content? Or are you listening for technical things? Or, oh gosh, I wish I they would have the, the music come up here or get a little bit lower. Are, are you able to just be a listener or are you always sort of a creative? No, I, I actually like consuming blindly. If that's if, if that's a, the right context to put it in, um, I I just like to listen. And if it's blaringly bad, I'm like, what in the heck? Okay, I can't listen. I mean, if the audio is so horrible that I just can't listen to it and I can't get through it, I I will just flip out about it. And I've not emailed a podcaster about it yet. I just will just not listen to the podcast if I don't know them. Um, but yeah, yeah, I can I can listen without saying, oh well, they use this particular microphone because I can tell with no, I'm just no, I'm I'm not geeked into it, um, and I try not to be because I think you can get too focused on on the um, the utility of it and lose the creative edge. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I just listen when I'm listening to a podcaster. I, I want to hear the message. Um, I don't want to get into how technically annoying because one of my favorite podcasts i can't stand his cadence because it's just it's just a weird cadence but i like the podcast but i think that's really cool vernon that you're able to sort of compartmentalize like you're not so plugged in and almost listening for an error or thinking about constructive criticism during the show you're just taking it in as an audience member. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the the job of the of the listener is just just listen, taking the content because I think if you listen too much for other stuff, you get too distracted. Yeah, I sometimes struggle with that uh, as a filmmaker. If I'm watching something, I'm like, does anyone else see that boom mic shadow? <laughs> <laughs> just think, hmm, that glass was half full in the beginning of the scene, and now it's very full over the top. Like what? So I think that's really cool. I, I want to be more like you when I'm consuming content. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little like that with film. <laughs> so I, I get it. <laughs> I do that, and then I also do the opposite. Where like, so my all-time favorite movie right now is The Greatest Showman, which I know is super old now, but 
I just geek out over that movie, and my husband is like, seriously, it's, are you, like, what, why are you so excited about this? And I'm like, it's so beautiful, do you see the cinematography? So I, I totally geek out in the other way, too, sometimes, which is equally annoying to people who, who aren't watching that for the creative inspiration, but it's just my husband that watches it with me, so he can deal with it, but, <laughs> so Vernon, any podcasts that, that inspire you? What, what are you listening to right now? Well, I'm to start listening to this one because it is promising to be amazing. It's <laughs> got two creative, amazing people that are doing this podcast. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys produce. Oh, you're too kind. Um, Thank let's you. see. No, you guys are great at what you do. So I, I can't wait. Um, let's see. Something that's inspiring me right now. I'm really bad with consuming podcasts. <laughs> I, I just am I listen almost just for the things that I need which sounds kind of selfish when it comes to podcasts um, I like Noah Kagan Presents the uh, the owner of AppSumo and OK Dork um, he talks business and everything that they're doing at AppSumo to be successful and I like how quick and targeted the episodes are they're a little annoying but it's kind of a fun podcast to listen to because it's it's kind of quick. Um, I like, like that podcast. That one is not that much inspiring. Really, really good one to listen to, especially if you're starting in business. Uh, the Sales Babble podcast, I actually, I like that one. Sales focus, sales training stuff. But it's nice to hear what other people are doing as far as the execution of going out and selling. And it's for people that don't like to sell. So I think that it's it's always good to look at what you're doing from that standpoint because you know revenue acquisition into your business is what helps your business run. So you need to be effective at sales. Um, one of my favorite right now is Redefining Wealth podcast. Not only because I helped launch the show, but because she has so many really good guests on uh, and some inspiring stuff that I usually would not listen to. So it kind of takes me out of my comfort zone. It's more women-focused, geared towards women, but some of the messages in it are so valuable that I'm like, more guys really need to be listening to this podcast because she's saying some stuff that, you know, we need to hear. Wow. Okay. I was trying to write as fast as I could because I want to hear what you listen to. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to check these out, Vernon. Thanks for sharing those. Oh, cool. Okay. Now, I hope you're fueled up and ready for what's about to happen. I'm fueled up. Vernon, we're doing the lightning round. I am so afraid of lightning rounds. Let's go. <laughs> no, no, no. You're great. You just, uh, you listen and react. Ready, set, Caldies okay. or Starbucks? Caldies. Bow tie or necktie? Oh, bow tie. 100% <laughs> bow tie. But only on Thursday. There, of course. Apple <laughs> or pea? Uh, oh. Apple. Emo's Pizza or T-Ravs? Oh, wow. T-Ravs. And for those who don't know, we should probably explain. T-Ravs are toasted raviolis, which is really just native to St. Louis. I don't think you can get them anywhere else. So for our, no, you can't. our national listeners, it's, it's basically a fried ravioli. It's amazing. So if you haven't had them, come to St. Louis and try T-Ravs. Yeah, and if you if you haven't had them, we can't be friends. <laughs> so. 
you could go to Emo's for pizza and order T-Ravs there. Just saying, if you want to kill two birds with one stone. Very true. Okay, a couple more, Vernon. What is your favorite social media platform? Twitter. Okay. Twitter wins. Still. Twitter. Got it. Final question. Best book for creatives? The War of Art. Uh, Stephen Pressfield. Nice. War of Art. Okay. We will certainly include that in our show notes. Vernon, that well, was a great uh, painless lightning round session. You were amazing. <laughs> I was so afraid of that, but it didn't, it, that wasn't that bad. Nothing to be scared of. You just listen, react, and be you, and you're golden. Well, that was fun. I like that. Vernon, we cannot thank you enough for sharing part of your day with us. We are honestly, Karen and I, I'm sure, are so inspired and have taken multiple notes during this because we always look for little ways to get more creative and we surround ourselves with people that inspire us. And that would include you as our guest this evening. Well, cool. Thank you for having me. It was really, really fun. And I can't be more happy than to be one of your uh, early guests. This is going to be cool. Yes. And I want the conversation to stop. Where can people find you and keep up with you? Uh, you can find me just about anywhere online at Ross PR, Twitter at Ross PR. Tweet me. I usually tweet back really quickly. Uh, of course, you can find me on Instagram. I try to be active there daily, but uh, Twitter is the best place to find me. And of course, you can find me at VernonRoss.com or I'll be Vernon at VernonRoss.com. Awesome. And let's not forget EnterprisePodcaster.com as well. Uh, so Vernon, thank you so much for, for joining us and sharing some of this creative inspiration. Angela, I'm fired up. I'm inspired. I, let's go work on some projects. Let's do it. That is a creative wrap on Vernon Ross. Thanks for listening to the Within Creative Reason podcast with Karen Tomer and Angela Hockman. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and be sure to subscribe. Know anyone who would make a great guest? Go to WithinCreativeReason.com for more info. Stay tuned. Karen and Angela will be back with more creative conversations in the next episode.